Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast, and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Hello and welcome to the Truth and Liberty Livecast. My name is Mark Coward. I'm setting in for Andrew Womack tonight. And we have a very special guest with us. You're going to enjoy the broadcast tonight. Um, we have Teresa Diamond with us, and she's the Executive Director of Choices, which is a pregnancy center that has offices right here in Woodland Park and also in Cripple Creek, Colorado. And uh, Teresa, we're so glad to have you. We're gonna give you a more proper introduction here in just a moment. But uh, Richard, it's always good to be with you and we've got some announcements and you've got some things to catch us up on if you could do that and then we'll get on with our time with Teresa. All right, be glad to. Thanks, uh, Pastor Mark. And thanks for everybody for watching tonight. Uh, this is gonna be an awesome show. Um, I really do want to encourage you to uh, uh, let your family and friends know about tonight that they can tune in because I think all of us are gonna learn something tonight uh, that could possibly either change your life or help, help you change somebody else's life. But uh, it's such a pleasure to have Teresa with us. Let me tell you guys, if you're watching on uh, Facebook or especially on YouTube, we wanna encourage you to jump over and watch us directly on our website at truthandliberty.net so that you have the best viewing experience. And I say this every week, but have you checked our resources page lately? If, you, if not, you need to do that because we've got some great stuff there, new resources we've posted, including a white paper and, um, and statistical uh, abstract on the harmful effects of pornography. Pornography is a, a, a plague on this nation and it's hurting people everywhere, hurting families, destroying families, destroying lives. Get equipped with knowledge about what pornography really is doing. Check out our website. Also, um, there are new voter guides that have been published by our good friends at iVoterGuide for school board races that are taking place in uh, six different states, Oklahoma, Florida, Arizona, Michigan, North Carolina, Texas, and Virginia. So if you live in one of those states, uh, you can go on our website to the voting resources page and, and find the link for iVoter Guide and go there and you can find the guides for your state. And I also wanted to mention uh, those of you who are interested in election integrity, uh, Mesa County, Colorado is once again in the spotlight. A couple weeks ago, uh, the third report of the forensic examination of the hard drive of the Dominion Voting Systems machine in Mesa County was released, and it is a blockbuster, let me tell you. They found that there were secret databases created on that machine through the internet after counting of ballots had begun. So check out that report and the other two reports about that machine and other voting or election integrity resources on our website. Listen, we've got some amazing events coming up here at Andrew Womack Ministries, uh, including this week. Campus Days is beginning uh, tomorrow, I guess it is. Is it tomorrow? It yeah. is Wednesday. 
Wednesday? Okay. Yep. You've got a little breathing room. <laughs> April 6th through the 8th, Campus Days. is my favorite event of the year here. It's awesome. All people hungry to have their lives changed come out, and God meets them and changes them. Uh, the musical David, King of Jerusalem, is scheduled April 8th through the 10th. It's, you still have time to get tickets and register for that. That is an amazing um, uh, presentation of the life of David from the Old Testament, and it will be a great blessing to you this Easter season. Also, uh, uh, coming up the 4th of July, uh, the in God We Trust performance. It is a patriotic, I hate the word extravaganza, but it's awesome. It'll motivate you, it'll remind you why you're proud and thankful to be an American. And uh, that's July 3rd and the 4th. Uh, and then the Summer Family Bible Conference follows right after that. What an awesome time to get rejuvenated and, and, uh, re and you know, rebuild connections, reestablish connections and relationships and get the Word of God. Come on out for that this July 5th through the 8th. Um, every week here on the livecast, we give away a free product to new subscribers. If you're not a subscriber to Truth and Liberty, uh, we encourage you to do that. Um, if you if you do, then you start getting our emails and our blogs and all kinds of information that we try to send out to equip you to stand for truth in the public square. So uh, if you if you do that, we'll put your name in the hopper and you'll be eligible to receive a free product. This week we're giving away um, we're giving away financial stewardship by Andrew Womack. Um, Andrew gets accused all the time of being a prosperity preacher, and he says, well, yeah, I am because I'm not a poverty preacher, but this book gives a really great, well-balanced uh, view of what the scriptures have to say about money and how we are stewards over finances and how when we're faithful stewards, God blesses us and takes care of us. Uh, so become a uh, subscriber today, but go on our website, upper right-hand corner, give us, share your email. You'll not only begin to get our blogs, but you'll be eligible to receive that free product. I uh, wanted to also mention that we do what we do through faithful support of our generous donors and members here truth and liberty and uh, if you'll go in and sign up to make a recurring automatic contribution of five dollars or more per month on our website we'll send you a free gift in the mail it's a copy of alex mcfarland's book the assault on america how to defend our nation before it's too late and i'm here to tell you it's not too late so become a member help us fight for america today at truth and liberty and we'll send that to you in the mail last thing is this is an interactive uh, experience uh, if you'd like to present questions or comments for us here at truth and liberty go on our website in the, in the chat function there and just send your, your question or on Facebook in the comment section and we'll do our very best to get to those tonight for Teresa, Pastor Mark and, and myself and, and uh, brother I think that's all I've got. Awesome. Thank you Richard. You. Well I am excited about our guest tonight Teresa mm -hmm. Diamond and uh, Teresa you're the Executive Director of Choices which is a pregnancy center and you've got offices here in Woodland Park and Cripple Creek and there's a whole lot of things listed here services you provide and different things. Could you just tell our listeners about yourself, what all Choices offers and provides mm -hmm. and get us acquainted with the ministry? Yeah, so thank you for inviting me onto your show and I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Uh, Choices is a pregnancy center and what we provide is free pregnancy testing, free limited OB ultrasound. We also offer um, a parenting class for uh, young adults who decide to keep their child and they need some help with that. So we, um, we have them join our parenting program and they get paired up with a mentor and they start taking classes every week and they learn how to become a parent. And they can take classes on labor and delivery all the way up to when that baby comes home and trying to figure out what to do with that child. And so they get to meet with an awesome mentor 
who is uh, volunteering their time to be a part of that person's life and to help them find their way. It's really awesome. Boy, that is, that's awesome. You know, Teresa and Richard, um, you know, a lot of times, and we're going to talk about the ministry aspect of this uh, in particular, because, you know, just getting to know you right now, you sense, I sense, we sense your heart. A lot of people think that this is a political issue. and Really, it's a biblical issue. God loves people, mm -hmm. and God gives life, and God loves life. So what are some of the things that you've seen? You've been at the helm there, I think, about, what, three and a half years? Mm -hmm. Tell us what are some of the highlights of it. Why is it that you're involved, and what are some of the highlights of your being involved in choices as a ministry? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, people need help, first of all. And a lot of the people that we serve don't have any health insurance or, or even a healthy support system in their life. So they come to a pregnancy center. There's pregnancy centers all over the nation. You can find one in your town if you look it up in, on Google. You can probably Google it. You don't want to look in the phone book anymore. But, um, but pregnancy centers were created to provide support for people who find themselves in crisis situations. And they don't say crisis pregnancy center anymore. We say pregnancy and parenting centers because we want to provide education for the place that they're at right now. You're, you're in the middle of a pretty hot topic right now if you come in with an unplanned pregnancy, not knowing what to do, not knowing where to turn, and your immediate reaction in the culture we live in is fear. So the pervasive message is to abort that child, even if you're married. It's the pervasive message that's coming at women. And so a pregnancy center is a place that a woman and a man can go and find somebody who has an unbiased opinion about their life right now and the choices that they're making because they're probably not making the healthiest choices and they're finding themselves in a situation where they need some love and support and compassion and that's what pregnancy centers provide. And I'm a person who has uh, abortion in my past and so I didn't know about pregnancy centers when I chose abortion and I can't honestly tell you that I would have chosen to keep my baby at the time um, but I think about it now and I wonder if I would have, you know? Were, were you experiencing fear in that season of oh, your yes. life? Were you? Definitely. Yeah, I was a young woman. I was living away from my family. I was not um, a Christian. I would not um, call myself a Christian at all. Uh, living for myself, you know, living for my own pleasure, if you want, in life, and, and found myself with an unplanned pregnancy. And the thing here is what I always tell people when I talk to them is this is why it's so important, the people that you surround yourself with. My sphere of influence, my friends were all women who had had abortions. And so when I went to my friends and said, oh, I am pregnant, now what am I going to do? They said, well, you just take care of it. It's just a blob of tissue. And I was like, what? Like I had never really had the conversation in my home. Even though we weren't a Christian home, I knew it was not right. I knew in my innermost being it was not right. And that's a God thing, right? He puts that in us, our conscious. Um, so I listened to my friends and I went to my doctor and I told him what I wanted. I, I just told him what I wanted to do. And I remember him vaguely asking me if I wanted to know more about that, my pregnancy, or if I was sure I knew, uh, that I want to make the decision and I said yes I, I just am sure and no I don't want to know anything about it. it's a blob of tissue I'm just going with that and, and so he checked me into the hospital and it's infuriating to me now because honestly I was blind back then but now I see um, I had a medical abortion 
my insurance paid for it. And I just can't even get over that when I think about it now. Of course, when I came out of that situation, I mean, my heart was just broken and I was a, uh, an emotional mess for a long time after that. But just, of course, hemorrhaging and cramping and all of that. And it was, it was a tough experience and I was alone. I didn't tell my parents, I didn't tell any of my family members, no people that knew me knew what I was going through other than my girlfriends who had all been through it. Um, so I guess the thing I, I love about being on this and this show talking about truth is that no one's really talking about the pain and heartbreak, regret and guilt and shame that post-abortive women are feeling today. And even the women that have a platform to talk about it um, that are for abortion are not owning that pain. They're in denial. So you're saying the women that are advocating for abortion or the right to abortion or, or maybe uh, have had abortions, they're advocating for it, but they're not being honest about that aspect of it? I feel like a lot of them are not telling the truth about how they really feel about that decision. Mm -hmm. Because I think the Lord really gave me this picture that women are the seedbed to humanity. And so if you take a, a precious, beautiful miracle like life that's happening in your womb and you end that abruptly, there's going to be repercussions for that. You can't just stop that process and not feel something in your heart because that is life growing inside you. Now that's interesting because I haven't ever heard anybody mention it or frame it up that way. But the way that there is, and, and of course we understand the spiritual realm of things, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy. But the way that there are particular women that advocate for it, like it is the greatest thing, it's the greatest, most wonderful freedom to have the ability to do it. And I've kind of scratched my head at that, and I've never heard it quite that way, that they haven't come to grips with maybe the own, their own pain. Have you got, feel like you've gotten to the root of what yes. drives that in these women? Oh, I don't know about <laughs> what drives it, it's denial. I mean, I lived in it for a, a lot of years. It wasn't until God blessed me with my first pregnancy, I have two daughters, that I saw what was happening in my body and I was like horrified and it triggered me and I ended up going to counseling and discovered that a lot of my um, feelings that I was having were from that, you know, from my abortion decision. So I wanna, be a, a place, a safe place for men and women to come to with choices that have had this decision in their life or are faced with an unplanned pregnancy to say, you are faced right now with three very hard decisions. None of these are easy, none of these are easy decisions. You can choose to parent your child, you can choose to form an adoption plan, or you can choose to abort, but every single decision is a very difficult decision if you're in a place of an unplanned pregnancy. So that's the reason then for the name choices, you present options for them, choices that maybe aren't presented otherwise. We educate every aspect of those decisions and the consequences for each one. Wow, that's, that's fantastic. So I, going back for a second to your personal story, um, Teresa, we spoke earlier today and I think you shared with me that um, you had post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, uh, after your abortions, and uh, can you elaborate on that? How did you, what were the, what were you going through 
uh, and how was that diagnosed or how did you end up determining that that's what it was? Well, I, um, I had my first abortion at 20 years old. I had another abortion at 26 years old. So my first one was nice and tidy and sterile, right? The second time I had an abortion, I went to a women's clinic, not Planned Parenthood, but a women's health clinic and had um, an abortion that was the kind of abortion that you hear stories about that are the nightmare abortion. And so uh, when I left that experience, of course I was devastated all over again. I had never recovered from the first one. You never recover in the sense of it never bothers you again. Um, but that whole procedure was so traumatic to me and the doctor that was performing the abortion was very angry and she was like yelling at me and grumbling at me the whole time she's like it was just horrible and i mean i could really literally recall the whole thing in detail although i choose not to because the lord has healed me from that and i pray for that woman i don't know where she's at right now but from that experience i had like anything, any suction noise, any vacuum cleaner noise, any babies crying, anything like that would just set me off and trigger me. So yeah, so it's a real thing. Emotional and mental anguish over the choice of abortion is a real thing. And in 2012, well, in 2005, my family and I moved to Woodland Park, but 2012, I was invited to come into a, um, a post-abortion healing Bible study called Surrendering the Secret. And I didn't even know such a thing existed because I didn't even know parent uh, pregnancy centers existed until 2000. <coughs> but what happened in that study is it's an eight week process that takes you through the steps of, well, first you have to get to the class, which is a huge hurdle if you're hiding in guilt and shame. Now, mind you, I came to the Lord at 32 years old, so a little late to the game, but I came into the church and I was hiding my story. And this is why I'm very passionate about this. I was a nice, church lady for a good 12 years, involved in many Bible studies, a spirit-filled believer. And I was hiding this because I felt so ashamed and I felt guilty and I felt regretful and I felt um, condemned. And I knew I would be judged harshly. And so I never told anyone. But then a friend of mine told me about this study and she invited me to the study and I said, yeah, I don't wanna do that. Like, I don't wanna go do that study. And the Lord had spoke to me uh, probably four years earlier and he showed me choices building and, and I looked up at the office and I said, you're gonna make me deal with that, aren't you? Mm. And I knew exactly what he was saying. And he said, yes, but I will be gentle. Mm. And then four years later I get in, and invited into this study. Well, what happened is I had a radical, a radical healing to my heart of going through this process. And then when that happened, I was like, wow, I don't have to live in this darkness anymore as a believer. And I feel very passionate that Jesus paid a tremendous price for every one of us. And for us to live less than is not what he designed mm. for us, no matter what the sin is. Abortion's just, one hot topic right now, and it's as hot of a topic as pornography, yeah. you know? Um, there's all kinds of sin going on in our world right now, and the people that are in positions to make some pretty radical choices are choosing pretty radical things. Mm. 
You mentioned uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And you know, for a long time, I thought, you know, maybe myself and a lot of us thought you had to go to war mm -hmm. to suffer PTSD. But we're finding out that um, small things, and this is not a small thing, and things that people go through, because we're all different in our heart, what were the effects of the PTSD in your life from this? Have you, have you studied mm -hmm. that? Have you sought that out and, and your desire to help others process through that? Well, I mean, there's lists of things that women experience as a result of abortion choices that fall into that category because PTSD really is trauma. It's trauma to your heart, your mind, your emotions, your body. And so our bodies will have responses um, when we're triggered by certain things. And many women suffer from, you know, nightmares and uh, all kinds of emotional things, suicidal attempts because they chose their life over their child. I mean, the, it's a very long list of things. Mm -hmm. And everybody's different, like you said. So different things trigger different people. For me, you know, dentist office, suction noises, things like that triggered me. Um, before I ever chose abortion, I loved children and I loved being around children. And I always say I was kind of like the Pied Piper. Um, and after that, no, I didn't want to be around. I would I would go into a restaurant. I would not sit by a family that had children. If if they put me on an airplane and I had to sit by a child, I would not do it. I mean, like I that was back in the days when you could switch seats. You know, I would get somebody to switch seats with me. You can't do that anymore. But um, it it was very traumatic for me. I didn't want to be around any children. Um, and I mean, and God blessed me with two beautiful daughters. So, you know, I feel like. When I went through that healing process, I, it was like my eyes were open to my own children in a whole new way. And I thought, wow, my first pregnancy, when I was triggered by the development of my child, I was like that joy of that pregnancy was stolen from me because I was just all balled up about what I had chosen before. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, but wow. I just, I think that people need to understand that there is hope for healing for the, whatever it is you're experiencing with your decision. I have a, a post-abortion healing class going on right now. We're using the Surrendering the Secret, uh, secret Curriculum. There's a lot of curriculums out there. Um, but I have, you know, women that have never told anybody their story in 44 years, 45 years. Mm -hmm. Not even their husband. Wow, that's amazing. Teresa, you, when we talked earlier today, you mentioned a, um, a website that provides mm -hmm. resources and information for women who've had an abortion and, and men who uh, are, are connected with them. What was that site? You want to share that? It, yes, it's called Support After Abortion. Okay, so and I think you can we find can it that. at support, support After Abortion. Yeah, it's yeah. on the screen there. So. It's, it's a very good site. It has a lot of resources on it for men and women. There's a lot of webinars on there that you can watch. Um, yeah, and finding groups for men and women around the nation. Uh, they're starting really, support after abortion is really starting their own movement um, for support after abortion because it's kind of been a part of the pro-life ministry up mm -hmm. till now. But there's so many people who need help. I, there's, um, since Roe versus Wade uh, in America, there have been approximately 60 million, maybe more because many states don't report it, but 60 million abortions uh, in America. So 
how many women are walking around today as the walking wounded from this, you know, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, Satan is such a liar, mm -hmm. you know? He's telling them, oh, you can have all you want and have this life and be blessed, and then they kill their baby and they live a life that is, you know, where they're wrecked inside. How many women do you think are suffering like this? You know, I, I'm guessing a very conservative estimate of 30 million. Wow. And that's not included, so let's include the men, 60 million. That's not including, you know, I, I told Richard the statistic earlier that um, for women that will choose abortion one time almost, it's like 55% will choose abortion again, you know? I chose abortion again, I didn't even hesitate because I knew what to do and I knew I wasn't gonna be connected with that person for the rest of my life. Is that right? Absolutely not. And if I could change it, would I change it? Yes, for sure, I mean, I would. And my heart goes out to all of the unborn who don't even have a chance because they have people advocating and, you know, and wanting their life before they even get a chance to live it, you know, before they even get a chance to, to grow. Um, but my heart also goes out to the men and women who are suffering because they're left behind here on earth thinking that they were going to save themselves and we didn't save ourselves. We are not capable of saving ourselves. We need a savior. Mm. And he's the only one that can heal that. Well, Teresa, you, you said fear was a big part of your life and what you see around people. It's kind of interesting. On Sunday, I was ministering uh, a little bit on the subject of fear and uh, was going back to during Hitler's time because this is a spirit that drives this thing. And God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. What I like about just your name that is on the pregnancy center is it sounds like so many people aren't presented with choices. They don't know what other options are available to think. And then when fear comes in, then you do things that you normally wouldn't do because they ask, Hermann Goring under Hitler. How did you get these Jews to do this? They got in boxcars willingly. And he said, it's easy. You scare people. And when you get people scared and fears in there, they'll do just about anything. Are you seeing uh, some good success when you have the opportunity to talk to women or men and women couples? Have you seen some good things come out of those choices being put in front of them? Yes, most definitely. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of times when, when our advocates are having the conversation with a client and they're saying, you know, you, here are your options, this is what you're faced with, and today your life is no longer the same as you knew it yesterday. Um, and then we educate about every decision and the difficulties involved with every decision. So it's not just a, a one-off easy you know, which is what the enemy would want the world to believe, that choosing abortion is just gonna tidy up your life so much and you don't, you're not gonna have to worry about anything anymore, but God did not design us like that. He just did not design us like that. And whether you believe in him or not, or whether you believe in what the word says about that, a spiritual truth is a spiritual truth mm -hmm. and we are spiritual beings. So fear is a big driver of the train uh, because you don't know where anybody's coming from. When they come to the center and they want help, we don't know what their background is. So our goal is to make them feel comfortable, to make them feel safe, to make them feel loved, not judged, just loved. Come and talk to me, tell me your story, tell me where you're at, tell me what's happening. 
and try to draw out of them maybe some hopes and strengths they have in their life, some dreams if they, you know, that they might have in their life, and to really just have this conversation and say, so we haven't even done the pregnancy test yet, but if we had, you know, if we had the pregnancy test, um, so before we have the pregnancy test, it's like talking about hopes and dreams and what you are wanting to achieve in your life, and then doing the pregnancy test and whether it comes back negative or positive, there is a conversation that happens uh, with that person and draws out with, with a positive test that you are stronger than you think you are mm. and you have resources at your fingertips that we can supply you with and we will walk with you on this journey as long as you want us to. If you are moving, there is a pregnancy center wherever you're moving to. There's over 2,700 pregnancy centers in America and you can find one in your town. Uh, that can help you and they all we almost all have the same services uh, that we supply uh, you know and with our baby boutiques if they join our parenting program they're earning dollars to, to mm. shop in our baby stores and they can get everything they need and there's so many resources in the community that also help them so they don't have to be alone and they're not alone so I'm thinking at your website whatchoices.com that's where a woman can go to see what's available to them. Is that correct? That's correct. We can put that up. I, mm -hmm. There it is right there on the screen. Awesome. So what about the men? What effects do you see? Because I think the women, and rightly so, are focused upon, but also there's an effect on the men. Mm -hmm. what, what do you see in, in the men that shows up, and what do you all have to offer for the men that seek out help? Well, we don't have a men's program right now, um, but the support after abortion site that we are talking about has some great resources for men. One thing that we rely on heavily at Choices is volunteers. And so many of the volunteers that we have are women, although we do have some men, but men are usually out working every day and not able to necessarily um, volunteer at a pregnancy center. But we have two great gentlemen right now who have just gone through training, so we're very excited about them. They have heart for, for young men and walking alongside young men who are in there with their, their significant other facing their decisions together. And so we're, we're, I'm hopeful that we're gonna be building a men's program. <laughs> I'm very excited about that. That's awesome. great. Well, I think choices uh, here in just a little geography for all the people who don't know Colorado, we're a little bit west of Colorado Springs, and, but uh, Choices was originally part of a larger network mm -hmm. called um, the Life Network, right? And, uh, and so they have uh, additional services like men's classes and stuff like mm -hmm. that and a baby store. You can, you know, get a, a cradle or a, or a, what do you call it? Stroller, <laughs> Stroller or crib or whatever. We have all of those it's been a while. Things. Yeah. <laughs> so, we have access to all of those things. We have all of those things. The community provides all of the items that we stock our store with um, abundantly. Mm. Uh, and it's really quite a blessing because they'll just call up and say, I have these things. Do you want them? And it's like, yeah, that would be great. If we have excess of any one thing, we oftentimes will take it to Colorado Springs Pregnancy Center or another like um, organization that's helping people, uh, moms and babies. Well, Teresa, it sounds like you're doing a whole lot more than just giving advice. You're actually coming alongside these women and helping to support them because I would imagine the feeling of aloneness coupled with fear and stuff. So. Um, 
do, I would imagine you kind of let them set the pace for that oh, and yes. all that. Mm -hmm. uh, have you got some good testimonies or yes. things that you can share with us? Yes, well, it's very interesting. We do an, an exit survey for all of our services. So if a, if a girl comes in or a guy comes in for SCI testing or, or a girl for pregnancy testing, or we do exit surveys and we always get so many comments like, I felt so safe here. Mm. Everybody was so kind and made me feel so welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, things like that. So that's just for coming in for an initial visit. But for testimonies for people that are in our parenting program that have been in our parenting program, now they can go from zero, or, oh, from pregnancy, I should say, up to two years old. And Woodland Park, believe it or not, is kind of a transient community. And so we have a lot of, uh, a lot of turnover in clientele, so not a lot. Uh, graduate from the program but we serve a lot of people that will come for one or two or three months until they feel like they have a handle on being a parent and even if they're partnering with one of our, our partner organizations in the community like WIC or community fan, family partnerships or uh, nurse family partnerships they can earn baby bucks in those organizations as well and still come and shop in our baby boutique and get all the things that they need for their baby. And we've had so many clients say, I didn't even have to buy one diaper from the store. I got all of my diapers from you. And I'm so grateful that you supply the service to us because we were able to get everything we needed for our child and we didn't have to buy anything from the store. Mm -hmm. We got our strollers, we got our cribs, we got our, our pack and play, you know, our little bouncy seat, you know, all of the stuff, the toys, all of it. It's really awesome. Well, that's fantastic. Well, Teresa, you, <clears throat> I think we, we talked earlier today too, and Pastor Mark mentioned this, but we're curious like how many, how many babies, you know, lives have been saved from, from your organization or other organizations, but I understand that's a difficult thing to determine. Um, but have you ever had the opportunity to meet a child who was saved from abortion because of a pregnancy center's ministry? Yes, definitely. And, and it is a hard thing to track because a lot of the women that we serve uh, we'll have that initial consult, we'll have a pregnancy test, we'll have a conversation, and they'll say, well, I just really haven't decided. Well, can we, can we offer you an ultrasound, maybe to just help you see how far along you are in your pregnancy so you can determine what you're gonna be doing? And so when you offer that ultrasound, I mean, the statistics of a woman who keeps her child after having an ultrasound is probably 80%, 85%, depending on where you live. Um, which is a beautiful thing. And oftentimes though, when someone is very abortion-minded coming through the door and they'll say, I'm, I'm going to have an abortion. And we'll say, well, what do you know about abortion? And you really need to understand how far along you are in your pregnancy so that you know what you're getting into um, and having that conversation. And so then we have the conversation and she's like, well, I'm still undecided and so she leaves. And I have to tell you that we are a praying center and every pregnancy center is a praying center. Mm -hmm. We rely on the Holy Spirit for wisdom when we're consulting with people. Uh, we rely on the Holy Spirit to move in their hearts so that they will choose life. And we pray together as a staff. We pray individually in our areas in the building when an ultrasound is going on. And we pray for that little gal when she leaves and she still doesn't know what she's gonna do. Mm -hmm. And so we've had people come back in eight months later that we thought for sure 
that she got rid of her child and she's like this is my baby thank you so much for being here for us mm -hmm. and we've had that happen multiple times in the three and a half years that I've been there that's beautiful and so I know um, my my predecessor Catherine was there 10 years and I know she saw it uh, even more than I did that has to be so rewarding for it's you. just a, a rejoicing moment mm -hmm. <laughs> for all of us for sure and, and you know Richard I want to remind everybody there's the opportunity to ask questions so they should get some questions coming in okay. and uh, wow you know I, I was sitting here thinking and James Robinson is a great friend of this ministry and that's probably one of the more powerful testimonies he was the product of a rape oh, wow. and uh, I remember when he told the story the last time when he was up here it was just riveting mm -hmm. and it's just it, it, it's so good to hear good news for a change because it's such a volatile hot topic especially a lot of the things that we're involved in a lot of times mm -hmm. Richard but wow Theresa yeah, thank you for what you're doing you're welcome so how can people support what you're doing uh, financially volunteer what what can they do uh, well you can Go on to our website, choicesco.com, if you want to volunteer, and you can find the tab that says volunteer and fill out the information there, and it will come to us. Uh, if you want to support Choices here in, in Teller County, you can see on the, the link online is choicesco.com. If you are somewhere across the nation or world, uh, I would strongly suggest that you uh, find your local pregnancy center and support them because uh, pregnancy centers are widely supported by their communities and local businesses. Uh, there's not a lot of grant money that's available for pregnancy centers anymore. It, it's dwindled quite a bit. Uh, so yeah, uh, check out choicesco.com or find the pregnancy center in your area. One of the things you mentioned uh, uh, sort of in passing a little bit was that you offer to women coming into your facility, would you like to have an, uh, an ultrasound, right, mm -hmm. to see the child. How effective is that in helping women to make better choices, I'll say? It's very effective. I did say it's, it's probably 80 to 85% will choose life after they see that because they're so impacted by that life. You can see a heartbeat at six weeks and one day in some women. Not every woman is the same depending on where the child's um, located in her womb, but uh, I, I've had the privilege of, of chaperoning an ultrasound in our center where uh, a woman had twins. And I had never seen that before, and it really lit literally did look like two little peas in a pod. It was so <laughs> cute, just side by side. But yeah, it has a huge impact on whether uh, they'll choose life or not, because you're seeing firsthand. I remember one client in particular saying, oh, oh my goodness, we have to parent this is a child, this, mm. this is a life. Mm -hmm. And you know what's interesting you, about you really that decision? You can't see it as a blob of tissue anymore, can you? No, no, not when you're looking at it, not when the little heart is beating so fast, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. I interrupted That's you. okay, you go ahead. no, no, I don't even know what I was gonna say. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> so that was not, a, not being a good host. <laughs> well, we've got some questions coming in. Uh, okay. Would you like to awesome. see if we wanna tackle any of these? I'll try. <laughs> All right, great. Well, here's one um, from uh, JK on chat. and He says there's a couple of choices locations here in the Orlando area. Are they part of your organization? Uh, that's a very good question, and no, they are not. But it is a very commonly new, uh, used name in the pregnancy center movement, I think. 
Uh, I think we thought we were being original when we chose it, mm. uh, only to discover later on that it is actually used quite a bit. So we're our own little entity in Teller County, Colorado, and we don't have, we're not franchised or anything like that, but, um, but pregnancy centers are all over, all over America. There's a little irony um, in the name choices because those who advocate for abortion say they're pro-choice, so you're using that name. We're, we're, we're providing choices. We're pro, I was just thinking We're pro-women, pro-men, pro-family. Um, we're for everybody. Mm. And um, When I first came to Karis Bible College um, back in 2012 now, um, there was a requirement on the students to get service hours. And so uh, I decided I was going to go down to the Life Network and volunteer. And so I did that in Colorado Springs and they put me through a training program that was rigorous. <laughs> I'm telling you, I still have the notebook today and it's got all kinds of facts and data in it. But one of the things that was awesome to hear in that was that it, uh, the ministry of the, the pregnancy centers to both the men and the women uh, provided many opportunities to talk about the Lord. Mm -hmm. And it leads to a discussion about life and what's life all about and what does it mean to be a, a human being, and which leads to discussions about God. Have you guys found that you've been able to introduce people to Christ through your ministry? You know, definitely. Uh, we don't hit them with that coming through the door. Right. That is not our initial uh, interview question. <laughs> <laughs> if you will, right, right. Um, because a lot of times in the interview we find out that the people have been spiritually wounded or hurt by the church in some way and they do not want to talk about that. When we get them into the consult room for an ultrasound and when we get them into the parenting room with a mender is where you begin to get enough real estate in their life to, you're building a bridge of trust. Um, for them to actually let down their guard and be able to say, yes, it's okay for you to pray with me. Yes, it's okay for you to share with me what the Lord's doing. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's okay. Um, but that takes a little time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I'd like to ask you about the church. And um, I think you'd mentioned this, that you, know, you were a Christian for 10 years or more before you told anybody about your abortion experience. Um, how can we as the body of Christ uh, do a better job of, of um, you know, creating an atmosphere where women can feel free to talk about this issue? I think that's a really good question, Richard. And I think compassion and love are the keys, and it has to be supernatural. It has to come from the Holy Spirit. Because, I mean, let's, let's just think about the last two years of the pandemic and the way people responded to that to one another, not only outside the church, but even in the church, you know? And that's just in life. And that's not even talking about a major issue like, um, like choosing abortion. Um, but I think we just need to be more compassionate and loving to one another rather than, you know, pointing the finger of judgment at somebody and calling them on the carpet about something that's not what the Word of God says, and that's not how Jesus was, you know? God's kindness is what leads us to repentance, right? And uh, Jesus didn't go to the church, he went to the sick, mm. you know? And so the church needs to just be, I think, more compassionate and open, um, I think. I don't, mm. I don't know what that looks like specifically. I think it's a grassroots, individual heart issue. You know, here at Truth and Liberty, we, we talk all the time about the public policy side of this thing. 
and and we encourage pastors to take a stand and and this thing on the law but what you're saying is maybe the other side of the coin you've got to minister to the people the flock and and so on on their personal need their spiritual level um, do you have any thoughts for pastors out there who might be listening how do you how do you walk that tightrope and do it <laughs> i don't know mark jump in here <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. i think you know i'm going back to a francis schaefer quote <clears throat> and um, he was quite the theologian, but he said, uh, in front of every abortion clinic, there needs to be a sign here by permission of the church. That may be a bitter pill for pastors, believers, and leaders to swallow, but the answer to this world's issues is in the body of Christ, the church, not the institutional, mm. but what is the ecclesia, the individual We are members. the church. We are the church. It's not a building. It's we could right. have church out in the field, in a tent, or in a building. I do know it was kind of interesting. I was sitting here thinking, and uh, there was one particular Sunday. Something was going on real, it's a hot topic, and I was speaking up uh, about, because, you know, there's always things trying to slip through. God bless our Catholic brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. uh, several years ago, a bill came through, and I didn't even know about it, and it was the Catholic Church that shut it down. It didn't even make it down to the House floor. And thank God they found out it would have been one of the most wicked pieces of legislation that would have taken abortion off the table for discussion and opened the floodgates even further. But I was talking about something a few years ago and I found out there was a woman sitting in the church, would have never guessed it, and she was considering abortion. Because I spoke about it, she said, I realized I couldn't do that. And, and in the context of what I was talking about is, church, we've got to speak up about this. You need to call and let your voice be heard. So I think, Richard, to answer that question, pastors need to know and this is my conviction as a pastor, the most powerful thing in this nation are pulpits, not the lamestream media, as I would call it. Uh, it is the pulpit because God chose the foolishness of preaching. And it doesn't have to be in a condemning way, it's just choose life. And I was thinking that when you said that a while ago, Richard, because I love your name, Choices. Mm -hmm. Present some, op people go, they don't think about it. Can they hear a testimony? of a great preacher that was a victim of a rape, but his mother chose not to abort that child. A great worship leader that I'm thinking of right now that has written songs that have blessed the world with mm -hmm. these things. They argue for choice, but, but when it comes to presenting a choice of life, you know, they don't like that to go out. So we appreciate you all staying out there and continuing uh, the fight. So have we got more questions? We do, in, we do, sir. Uh, yeah, um, this viewer wants to know, uh, uh, let's see, how do I find a pregnancy center in my community? One of my favorite tools to use is Google. <laughs> so I go on Google and I type in pregnancy center in my town. So I would say, I'd say pregnancy center in Woodland Park, Colorado and up will pop the list of pregnancy centers that are close to you and it will probably even pull up pregnancy centers in, in towns nearby. Um, this viewer, whose name is Red, asked, uh, they used to have an adoption option years ago. Do you know why this avenue is not available as much now? Do you, 
Do you know what he's referring when we to? we speak about adoption, I, I'm not sure what he's referring to. Um, when we present choices, uh, forming an adoption plan is one of the choices. Uh, a lot of times the story that we hear from the girls is their background or their, their life has been such that they would choose abortion over adoption, which is tragic to think about. But their story is that hard. Because of foster care, abuse? Foster care, abuse of caregivers, yes, all of that. Mm. Sexual abuse, mm-hmm. Well, here's another interesting question, uh, Teresa, um, and, uh, uh, but what is your personal perspective by faith regarding seeing your um, children in heaven? That I love that, thank you for asking that. You know, uh, God blessed me with two well, one dream showing me my first son named Michael, and I was standing somewhere and he, and he was holding him up mm. to me and he said, this is Michael. And I just started crying, you know, and I could start crying right now. Mm. And the next um, years later, my other son is named James and he gave me a dream and told me his name was James. So I'm very excited to meet my sons in heaven someday. I don't have any idea. I'm guessing they're going to be grown men. Um, I believe that God had a specific call on their life. And mm. sorry, That's what's I so. denied them that, that uh, capability to fulfill that. You know, the upside to this though, that's the thing. Those children that have been aborted all over the world, they're in heaven. Yeah. Well, we are eternal beings, and so we will be together again, and they are in very good hands. So thank you, Jesus, for taking care of my boys. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, amen. You know, uh, on that subject, I can't prove this from Scripture, except Jesus said uh, when speaking about the little children, he said, their angels behold the face of my Father. Mm. So. Geez, now I'm going to get going. Yeah, but <laughs> you're messing us up here. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, my wife believes that, and I don't know where she heard this, but I think it was from someone who might have gone to heaven and returned, mm -hmm. uh, but that um, little children that die actually have an angel assigned to them, and that angel will raise them uh, until they reach the spiritual adulthood or whatever it is. And uh, I just thought, well, wow, I that's love a that. wonderful concept, that, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. and Frank Peretti wrote a book, and they also made a movie about it. It's called Tilly. Mm. And if you ever have a chance to see that, it's a beautiful story. Yeah, that's awesome. Of redemption. Mm -hmm. um, well, let's see here. We've covered a lot of this here. Um, uh, the, here's someone asking, uh, about pregnancy centers in Nigeria. Now, I assume you don't have oh. any knowledge of that directly, but what if you do live in a third world country? That is a very good question. I would think if you are in a, a third world or developing country and you can find a body of believers, that you will find a resource there that can direct you to uh, an organization, whether it's actually called a pregnancy center or uh, something to that effect that would come and minister to you. I believe that exists. Mm. Yeah, I just sensed, Teresa, when you were uh, just sharing with us, I just sensed God is touching some ladies watching tonight. I hope so. I just sense his healing power on that. Mm -hmm. Amen. I want them to know, I, I want women to know everywhere. I don't care how long you've been a believer if you've never told your story to anyone. 
my heart's desire is that you would find the courage uh, if Jesus is offering you healing in your heart don't say no you know don't harden your heart walk into that healing it was the best decision I ever made Teresa on the the websites can can they reach you by email? Yes. Okay, so which which of the websites, and we'll put that up, uh, would they be able to email you? In uh, choicesco.com would have, uh, my email is info at whatchoices.com. Because I just, mm -hmm. there, I think there might be some women that are watching tonight that want to email you personally. I hope so, yeah, that'd well, be here's awesome. A, I, I, that's stirring a question in my mind. If there's women who are watching tonight and it's been, years since they had an abortion or whatever, can they still come to a pregnancy center and say, I need help, Can somebody yes. help me deal with this? Yes, absolutely. Most definitely, yeah. that's why I'm sitting here to tell you that. Oh. <laughs> you need to come and uh, let the Lord heal your heart. Let him heal your heart, he wants to. Wow, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So here's another one. Uh, if, if a community does not have a pregnancy center, how can a church or a group of individuals start one? That is an excellent question. And I think I would direct you to CareNet or Heartbeat International are two uh, umbrella organizations that have been in existence for many years. Uh, and they would be able to get you started on that path for sure. Um, there's, today is, I guess, Safe Haven Awareness Day, which I didn't know. I can't keep track of all that. I scheduled you for this, but I guess that's something about, one of our guests is pointing this out, um, a bit, uh, don't like this phrase, but a baby box program uh, for oh. parents who want to ensure their infant is cared for rather than abandoned. What do you know about that? And um, uh, how can people who, women who have a baby, you know, but they don't want to care for it, what, what is this? And is that something good? It is something that? good. I have heard about it. There is a movie out. I cannot remember the name of it, but it was about a man and his his wife in China who had a safe box place for for of course you're talking China and you know limited number of births and and it was girl babies of course being dropped off in these boxes. But I think if you even Google that, I think you're going to find some resources across America where. Uh, Fire stations are supposed to be the safe haven, right? If you don't have a safe haven yeah. place in your town. Um, but yeah, I don't know specific names of any, but I do know that they are in existence. So you would really just have to research that the best you can. Mm. Okay, well, so um, pre uh, pregnancy centers like yours are not government funded, is that right? They are not. Okay. But well, we are not. I mean, I, I don't know of any that are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to point that out because we have this, and, and we're not getting into politics tonight, uh, and that's not my point Thank of the you. question, but uh, there are billions of dollars that go to um, Planned Parenthood every year. And um, I'm, so I'm mentioning this for, the, for our viewers that, you know, um, you guys rely on donations, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yes. you're not selling, people that come in, you don't sell your services. So no. it's 100% reliant on donations yes, and how important correct. that is because you're may not be the right way of putting it, but you're in competition up against uh, government-funded yeah, abortion government mills. Funding. Yeah. But so, we have the Lord on our side. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. He's yeah. a bit Planned more powerful than Planned Parenthood. <laughs> they actually don't. And you know, Richard, I was just so thinking, we just had Janet Porter on recently mm -hmm. on Truth and Liberty, and boy, there's a fighter for life. And she talked about 10 years, it looked like she wasn't making any headway. 
But you know, abortion is on the decline in the sense of it has really not prospered the way that the left would like to see it uh, do that. And I just encourage you to stay strong and thank, thank you. you for what you're doing, Teresa. Uh, your heart comes through so very strong. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And uh, yeah. wow. Well, thanks for the opportunity to speak to your audience about yeah. this topic that's so near and dear to my heart. And the reason I felt, I asked for your email, I was just thinking of a, a friend of mine that his mother had had an abortion and in her 80s, it was on her deathbed that that was coming out of her heart. She had never fully settled that. And so that's why I think some women, they may have not told anyone, they may want to reach out to you directly. Definitely. And, uh, our, oldest, uh, our oldest class attendant was 82. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Mm -hmm. Had never told anyone her story. Um, and we've had them as young as, you know, early 20s, um, a month after their abortion. Well, Teresa, uh, we want to thank you for yes, what you're you. doing. Well, and I honestly, you. I did not know Choices was up here in Woodland Park, Cripple Creek. So thank you for being up in this region. And I want to encourage our listening audience, uh, if you feel so led, uh, as Richard, you were saying, Planned Parenthood is getting all of these tax dollars. So these pregnancy centers, uh, they're up against big giants, so to speak, but we do. We have the Lord on our side, and I want to encourage you, if any of you feel led to support them, uh, be sure to visit choicesco.com and uh, give toward them. Also, we want to thank CTN for carrying this broadcast tonight. And it's always good to have you join us on the Truth and Liberty Livecast. And as Richard said at the beginning of the show, there, listen, there are some tremendous resources. The great thing is the broadcast that you've watched tonight is going to be archived. You can forward this. Some of you may have thought of somebody on your heart that could use this word. Uh, there are a lot of great broadcasts. You know, Richard, I'm always continually amazed and blessed at who the Lord brings on and truth too. and liberty. Right. And so take advantage of the resources that are there. There's always new things that are going up and uh, we just appreciate you joining with us. So invite friends to tune in every Monday night at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. You know, there's so much going on. And, and Richard, you mentioned Campus Days. Yes, that sir. changed your life. Yes, it did. That starts Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I've got a couple from CFAN. Lynn and I were talking to a young lady. Mm -hmm. She's going to be up here this week, and it could change some lives and destiny. So mm -hmm. thank awesome. you for joining yeah. us today. Thanks, Richard. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week at this same time. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net. 